So up until this fall, there was a secret internet. You probably heard about one part, the Silk Road, which was where people were buying and selling drugs online. But the Silk Road was just one part of a much larger invisible internet called the Deep Web. To get on, you have to use a Tor browser, and the URLs are just random strings of letters and numbers. Supposedly, the servers can't be traced by anyone. So I'm scrolling through the hidden wiki right now, which is sort of the Deep Web's front page. It looks like any Wikipedia site that you've ever been on, but it's just a list of websites, and 90% of them are terrible. There are multiple sites where you can supposedly hire an assassin. This one says that they will only kill people who are over 16 years of age, and they won't kill any top 10 politicians. I don't know how they decide which politicians are the top 10. There's sites where you can buy guns. There's sites where you can buy fake passports, stolen credit cards, counterfeit bills, child pornography. The reason we know about this whole sort of secret city is because of this guy. My name is Adrian Chen, and I'm a senior writer at Gawker. Chen said when he first broke the story of the Silk Road's existence, he did not think it was going to be a big deal. You know, it took me like two and a half days to write and report. I was kind of worried that people were going to look at this and be like, oh, you know, yeah, of course people are selling drugs on the Internet. Instead... His article led to a ton of coverage. LSD, cocaine, and ecstasy are now just a click of a mouse away. A new website sells illegal drugs to anyone who is willing to pay. Delivered right to the front door in a small, inconspicuous envelope from Silk Road. The transactions are anonymous, and the website's owner claims untraceable. Welcome to the growing dark side of the Internet. Politicians got involved. You name it, they have it. Codeine, black tar heroin. They're all listed. In the, in the light of day. It's unbelievable. That's Senator Chuck Schumer in June of 2011. For two and a half years, the Silk Road and the rest of the deep web continued with impunity. For months and months, it actually seemed like the internet had made something the law couldn't touch. And at the center of it all was the guy running the Silk Road. He called himself Dread Pirate Roberts, and he posted long libertarian screeds about how free markets would always beat the state. It was just so brazen, and there was just this, like, aura of invincibility. How can they actually be doing this? Like, I was talking to another journalist who's covered Silk Road and, and even closer than I have, and she's like, oh, yeah, it was a very, like, cult kind of, you know, atmosphere. Like, people really thought that this guy had, like, kind of figured out how to transcend human, <laughs> like, laws and stuff. And then on the outside, it was kind of a lot of people saying, oh, you know, kind of waiting for the hammer to come down. The hammer came down this fall. Dread Pirate Roberts was arrested and revealed to be Ross Albrecht, a 28-year-old guy in San Francisco. The press focused on how boring the guy was. We actually have a bunch of mutual Facebook friends in common, and so I looked at his profile. They were right. He's very boring. The other thing the reporting focused on was the idea that the technology of the deep web still worked. The consensus was that Albrecht had been caught not because his technology was bad, but because he'd been sloppy. He'd made mistakes. Chen's not so sure. The sequence of events is still very unclear. And he did make some mistakes, like he was promoting Silk Road under a handle that you could tie to his personal email address on these different Bitcoin forums. But I was confused that people kept on saying he made these stupid mistakes that were the feds were able to find. And it's like, well, you're missing the step where they got complete access to the entire website. You know, that was really what cracked it. It wasn't just, oh, this guy using a handle had promoted Silk Road early on. You know, it's like that could have been anybody. Okay, so in other words, if you don't know how they caught Ulbricht, if you don't know whether it was his own mistakes or if the very technology that he depended on, that everyone on the deep web depends on, is compromised, then no one's safe. And any site that would replace the Silk Road wouldn't be safe. 
Chen's been watching as people deal with the fallout of the Silk Road arrest and try to build something new. The forums of Silk Road are still up, which I think is kind of odd, but... What do people talk about at this point? Mainly trying to organize the new markets and, and you know, saying, oh, like, I, I was this guy and now I'm this guy on this new market. Chen says it doesn't even matter if any of these replacements take off. The promise that the deep web held, that there was a space outside of law and reality, that's over. The idea that they, you can do that with impunity is pretty much shot now, I think. The idea of the deep web as just being this untamed wilderness is gone. You know, I, I was reading this blog of one of the first guys to write like a guide to the deep web. And he was like, the feds are all over it. You know, it's not safe. People have figured out how to hack it, etc. And I'm moving to I2P, which is another <laughs> like deep web kind of thing. But so then doesn't that mean that it's not that it's gone. It's just that the cycle, it'll, it'll always pop up where it's like it's obscure and it's safe. And then it's a little bit more popular mm-hmm. and it's questionably safe. And then it's really popular and then everyone gets arrested and then everybody moves again sort of like – to a smaller town. Yeah, but I think that the whole frame is just shot. Like, even if a new Silk Road comes up, people are going to be like, well, look what happened last time. You know, the cycle will continue, but it's kind of deviated a little bit. You know, we reached, like, the peak. The idea that you can have, like, a consumer internet that's completely separate, you know, and, and outside of any laws. That was the idea, and I think that idea is dead. When I first started reporting this story, I was sad that the deep web had been nuked. I like the idea of a secret internet. It's enchanting. And I like the idea that the internet could have international waters, just a place beyond the reach of law. But then you actually spend time in those waters, and they're disgusting. The more time I actually spent on the deep web, the more I'm glad it's functionally dead. When you build a place outside the law, people go there to do everything we wish that they would never do. It's really hard to love a place like that. TLDR was produced by me, PJ Vogt, with help from The Silver Woman. Cat Rogers is our executive producer. Andrew Dunn's our engineer. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find more TLDR at tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at TLDR. We are TLDR. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.